Hey y'all, hey! Welcome back to Such a Lady, and again, I'm your host, Siobhan Antoine, and thank you for tuning in again, or thank you for tuning in for your first time either way. Hey, thanks for coming. Um, I am excited to tell you about the next story. I was <clears throat> researching it, and I was like, this lady is crazy, and um, I was like, it reminds me of Fatal Attraction, and the more I started reading about it, the case actually was called the Fatal Attraction case, like the movie, so um, I knew I wasn't crazy, but let's just dig into it, so the next um, story about toxic love is about our lady Carolyn Warmus and she I'm not going to give you the background where oh she was poor and she had a bad background because she wasn't sister was rich <clears throat> her dad was a um, insurance broker and he was also a real estate um, agent <clears throat> and then he like ventured out and started his own businesses so Carolyn was a millionaire she wore the best of everything the only thing was she could have whatever she wanted that money could buy. But what she wanted was men that weren't attain- obtainable. She wanted men who were in relationships or married men. And so she would go around and she would be with people. And she had gotten a couple of restraining orders put out on her. But that didn't stop her because in her mind, she could have whatever she wanted because she had money. So she um, decided to leave from where she was at in Detroit and go to um, New York because, of course, that's where everybody wants to go. It's the Big Apple. You know, that's 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 where people dream about going. Well, apparently that's where she dreamed about going. And so she um, went there and let's be let's be clear. Carolyn was very smart. She had her master. She had. Um, gotten a job teaching computer science at a elementary school. And while she was there, she met a man named Paul, Solom- um, Paul Solomon, and he was 17 years older than her. Now, Paul was the teacher, I guess like every year he was like the teacher of the year. He was like a sixth grade teacher. Everybody loved him. And so, of course, here comes this beautiful blonde and she's new and she's young. And of course, the first thing he decides is that he wants to take her under his wing and show her the ropes. And she agrees to it. Um, <clears throat> they start hanging out, but just at work and he's helping her out and, and, you know, giving her the ins and out. And then one day he tells her that they're all going to, all of the teachers are going to meet up one day and go out to eat. And so he wants her to come. And of course she wants to be liked by the people who she works with. So she shows up. And when she gets there, the only people there are her and Paul. And she's like, Hey, what's up? Like, where's everybody at? And he just comes clean and he's like, it's just me and you. I really like you and I want to be with you and let's do this. And she's like, well, aren't you married? And he's like, I, I am, but I mean, it's 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 an open marriage. Um, and I'm not leaving my wife until my daughter graduates from high school. And for most women, that would be a red flag like, okay, well, 
thank you. Could you please bring the check? But for Carolyn, that wasn't the case. Um, But remember, she was used to dating men who already had significant others. So this wasn't something that was new to her. So she fell right in and they started a relationship. And during the course of the relationship, Carolyn started to show her show her tail. Um, she started putting herself in situations where she shouldn't have been there. So um, Paul and his wife would be, I mean, they would be at the mall and she would show up at the mall and they would be grocery shopping and she would show up at the grocery store. And I don't know about y'all, but Paul's wife kind of just played it off like, okay, well, you know, that's his colleague and y'all work together. And I'm, But I'm thinking in my head, New York is a big place. And I mean, I know we work together, but we don't got to keep running into each other. Um, <clears throat> but that wasn't, the, that was kind of like the tip of the iceberg. She then started coming over to their house, <laughs> y'all. She would come over to the house. And at first she came over and said that, um, she was bringing some papers that she needed Paul to sign for the PTA. And of course, the um, Betty Jean, which is his wife, invites her in and she's like, we're getting ready to have dinner. And Carolyn comes in, pops a squat, eats dinner with them. And that one time that Betty Jean invited her in was like <clears throat> the opening for her to just keep coming and coming and coming. And so because her and Paul were already having sex, when she would come over there, when Betty Jean would leave out the room, they would be making out. And so like, that's just so crazy. So this lady has let you in her house. She's welcomed you. And then you're making out with her husband behind her back in her own house. Like, that's just crazy. Well, um, Paul and Betty Jean had a daughter and her name was um, Kirsten. And she was a normal teen. I mean, you know, just like any other one. But Carolyn thought that if she could just get in good with her, she could show Paul that not only is she a good mother, so that when he leaves, um, you know, Betty Jean, that she could take care of his daughter. But she also thought that if I get in good with her, when he does leave her, then she'll be on my side. It won't be like, okay, well, I'm the wicked stepmother. It'll be like, okay, well, no, I actually like her. And so that was her plan. She wanted to make, she wanted to make everybody like her and she was doing a good job of it. Um, she, I know that the daughter was scheduled to go on a ski trip and (laughs) Carolyn asked, could she go? And Betty Jean at first was like, yeah, that's fine. Because at this point, Um, Carolyn has money, so she's buying, um, their daughter, whatever she wants, name brand stuff, you know, she's spoiling her, she's talking to her, it was kind of like she had a, a new best friend, and although the daughter wasn't the same age as Carolyn, she was still younger, so it was kind of like it was her big sister, um, and I guess maybe Betty Jean never thought, my husband is sleeping with this woman and I don't know, but I'm different because I mean, 
here's the thing. I know that some men, honestly, some men don't know because there are some men who I've said, you know, I have a crush on you. And they'll be like, I never, ever thought that you did like that. I never thought that. And I'm like, dude, I literally just (laughs) got naked in front of you. What do you mean you don't know that I had a crush on you? And they're like, I never knew. So there are some men. So I think as women, we have to be the people to step up to the plate and say, listen, chick, he gonna sign the papers outside the house and you will see him at work tomorrow. I think that a line should be drawn and I don't think that it has anything to do with being insecure, but it has something to do with boundaries that have to be set when you're married. Because if you don't set those boundaries, then it allows other people to come in. And once they come in, then that's when those um, those walls start falling down. But apparently Betty Jean thought everything was fine at the home front. She didn't know that Paul was sleeping with Curly in the house outside on the patio everywhere just so wrong for that but she she wanted him and it's so funny when I read these stories it's like okay well you go into the situation knowing that the man is married and then he tells you that he's not getting ready to leave his wife and then you decide that okay well now I want you to leave your wife well chick you signed up for this that's just like going to mcdonald's and ordering a um like a big mac and then when you get your food you tell them okay i'm mad what are you mad about because i wanted a a a fish sandwich okay well that's not what you said you you wanted you know what i mean so it's kind of like you signed up for something and now you don't want that anymore and that's exactly what happened with carolyn she signed up to be the side chick she didn't want to do that anymore so One night, her and um, Paul decide that they're going to have a little rendezvous, and he says that he's going to um, go bowling. That's what he tells Betty Jean, because his daughter's not at home this night. So Betty Jean's at home, relaxing, sitting on the couch, reading a book, probably smelling a bossed-up candle. Who knows what she's doing, but she's doing some great things. He's out at the bowling alley, and so he says. He goes to the bowling alley for just a second, and then he goes and he meets with Carolyn, and then they have sex in the car. I'm just saying, like, could we not rent a room? Like, we're not 10. We're adults. So why are we having sex in the car? But anyway, they have sex in the car, and he leaves. He goes back home, and when he gets home, he goes in the house, and he finds Betty Jean on the floor and she's been shot. And so he calls 911 and the police come. And of course, they automatically suspect him. Like, of course, you were the last person who saw your wife. You're the first person who found her after she's dead. Dead, you did it. Like, no ifs, ands, or buts about it, sir. You did it. But because they didn't have anything to hold him on, the only thing they could do was question him and then let him go. So that that's what they did. They questioned him. They let him go. <clears throat> he tells Carolyn, listen, they think that I am the person that killed her. So I need to keep my distance from you just in case they decide that they want to look too deep into what we got going on. So the police continue looking and um, they they bring Paul back in and they're like, listen, something's not right. You weren't at the bowling alley for five hours like you told us you were. And so 
Paul finally comes clean and he's like, okay, you're right. I wasn't at the bowling alley. I was with my mistress and we were having sex in the car and you know that's what happened but I didn't tell you guys of course because I knew that as soon as you knew that I was having sex with somebody else you were gonna think that I killed my wife and the police were like no we already thought that you killed your wife but thank you for just further clarifying why we thought that so they um, ask them more questions and they get more information on Carolyn and they go look into her, but of course, they, they don't think anything of it. She's just a mistress. They really have their eyes on Paul. He's the husband. He needed her out of the picture. And he just wanted to be able to be with his young, beautiful 27-year-old teacher. And that that's what they were focused on. But while Paul was telling Carolyn that he couldn't be with her because the police were looking at him... He could be with somebody else because he started a whole new relationship with someone else. And they were going on dates and it was getting hot and heavy. Now, the police were still looking at Paul, but he was kind of like, y'all don't really have anything on me and I'm going to continue living my life. Well, Carolyn was mad because, of course, she's like, what's going on? Like, I'm in love with you. And so she hires a private investigator to see what's going on with Paul. Like, why is he not calling me back? I know that he said that the police are looking at him, but still something's not making sense. And when she um, when she finally gets a hold of the private investigator, um, his name was Vincent Parker. And when she finally gets a hold of him, she's like, listen, I need for you to check this guy out. And when he does, she comes back and, and he comes back and he's like, Okay, yeah, he's messing with someone. He's actually in a relationship. And he gives her all this information. And she, like, goes crazy. Um, But what's crazy about that is, come to find out, although the private investigator said that he had just met her, later on down the line, um, she had hired him before to investigate other boyfriends that she had been with. So she she was kind of I mean she wasn't wrapped too tight. So she she this wasn't her first rodeo. She was look she she was known to look into the I mean what are you looking for though sis? Like what do you I mean so what you want to know if he's sleeping with his wife? I mean yes, he is. He absolutely is sleeping with his wife. So what are you wasting your money for? Uh, but she she hired the investigator and found out the information that she didn't want to find out. And the investigator told her that Paul was in Puerto Rico with his new girlfriend. Well, Carolyn was like, not 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 today, not without me. So she gets a plane ticket and she starts blowing his phone up like she's on the airplane calling, calling, calling back to back to back. And when she gets there, she's calling back to back to back and she starts stalking him and his new girlfriend. And so they end up having to leave early and go back home. And Carolyn is still mad. She's like, why the hell is he not doing what I want him to do? And so she calls his new girlfriend's mom and she's like, do you know that the police are investigating your um the man that your daughter's dating do you know that they think that he shot his wife nine times with a um caliber uh, a 25 caliber gun 
And she's like giving all these details. And the mom is like, okay, crazy lady, I'm going to call the police because you're crazy. And like any mom, if you call in my phone and it got something to do with my daughter, I'm going to make sure that it gets reported. So when she calls the police, the police are very intrigued because guess what? They never told anybody how many times that um, Betty Jean got shot because that was something that they were keeping under tabs so that when they did find any information, they could say, okay, well, we know that you are the killer. We know that this is valid information because we never put it out to the public. And police will definitely sometimes do that. They'll like keep something under wraps so that that way nobody could just say, okay, well, you know, I'm just making something up. But in this case, that was the case. Betty Jean had been shot nine times. <clears throat> I'm sorry, you guys. I'm, I'm trying to come down with something. Please forgive me. But she had been shot nine times. And so um, the police start looking at Carolyn. And then they find out that she has had restraining orders on other boyfriends. There was one boyfriend that she had, uh, that he had put a restraining order out on her. And he was getting ready to get married. And his fiance was trying on bridal dresses. She had actually purchased her dress and when she went outside, Betty Jean drove past her real fast and she had to like jump off the curb and the dress fell and she like just ran over the girl's dress. And like who does stuff like that? So um, the, the police are like, yeah, I think that she might be somebody who we want to look into. And although they didn't have any, they didn't have like a, smoking gun, all of the circumstantial evidence pointed to Betty Jean. I mean, I'm sorry, <clears throat> not Betty Jean. All of the circumstantial evidence pointed to Carolyn. Well, she went to trial and the first trial was a hung jury because of course, like we were saying, everything was circumstantial. There was nothing that absolutely said that she had done it. But after the first trial was over with, guess here who comes Paul and he says that he found a, a glove now mind you the police had already searched that house from top to bottom he said that after they left he found a gun uh, he found a blood with uh, with uh, a glove with blood on it and he said that they must have overlooked it and he gave it to the police and they ran tests on it but there was no they weren't able to find any DNA matches or samples or anything to go with it so they just kind of put it to the side but that was never in the first trial when the second trial when they went to retry her um because the first one was a hung jury they had this glove well not only did paul come up with the glove as a receipt i mean as something that he found after the police had already done their job then he comes back and he has a receipt why do you have a receipt for the glove that um, Curlin purchased? And so then they search her house and they find one glove, just like the glove that he found after the police had already searched the house. So that kind of makes me think, okay, well, maybe 
he did have something to do with it. Maybe he set her up to kill his wife because he got immunity. So when they when they questioned him and they asked him what was going on, he admitted, yeah, I'm sleeping with her. She's stalking me. He told everything, but he told everything and he was told that he wasn't going to get any jail time. And then when she got that hung jury, then it was kind of like, okay, well, then they might come look at me. So all of a sudden, here comes this glove. Okay, well, then here comes this receipt. And then another thing is, why do you have that? I can't get that out of my mind. Why do you have a receipt? And why didn't you say something before? Even if you didn't have the gun, why do you? Okay, well, you have a receipt. So it's crazy because I think just listening to some of the stuff, I think that, okay, well, yeah, she did do it because she was stalking him. Who goes over to the wife's house and has dinner? Who wants to be best friends with the daughter? I mean, so she was doing some very, very suspicious stuff. But then when I look at the information that Paul came up with this O.J. Simpson glove out of the middle of nowhere, and now she's sentenced to second degree murder and she's sentenced to 25 years to life. I did do a... um, a search and do some research to find out where she's at now. And she is, um, she's still in jail, but she's still claiming that she didn't do it. She didn't kill Betty Jean. She's, she thinks that she was set up by Paul. She thinks she was actually set up by Paul and the private investigator who she hired to investigate Paul. She thinks that, um, that they were out to get her. She was 27, she was young, she was in love with an older man who was married, and they kind of just pulled the wool over her eyes. But I, I, I don't know. I mean, this is kind of like one of those cases where it's kind of like it could be anything. But I guess when you put yourself in a situation like that, then you run the risk of something like this happening. Because had she not decided that she wanted to be with Paul when he told her that he was married, had she just said, okay, well, you know what? You're married. Thank you. Can I get the check? Have a good day. Then she wouldn't have that problem. But she decided that she wanted to take that venture to the dark side. And once she got there, that's what happened. And so even if she didn't kill Betty Jean, even if she wasn't the one who pulled the trigger, even if she knew nothing about it, had she not agreed to the toxic love with Paul, she wouldn't even be in that situation. And what's so crazy is that it, that's just kind of like one of those things where um, money can't buy you everything because she had money. She had the best of everything. Her apartment was lavish. I mean, she had more at the age of 27 than most people have before they actually get buried. So she had pretty much anything that you could ask for. But what she wanted was somebody else's husband and had she just been happy with her portion then maybe we wouldn't be here listening to her story today about the fatal attraction killer so you guys hey go over to our instagram page such a lady 30 and tell me what do you think do you think that carolyn warm has actually killed betty jean or do you think that she was set up by paul or do you think they both had something to do with it i would love to hear your um, opinion on it Um, And I will uh, see you all here next week. Thanks for talking to us and thanks for listening to Such a Lady. Have a good evening.